Hey, hey, folks. Thank you again for joining me on another episode of Trost Talk here. Uh, we got a great episode in store for you. Uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Also, follow me on Instagram at Trost Talk. Um, but first, my buddy, Pablo2020. All right, all right, folks. Thank you again for joining me on another episode of Trost Talk. That is Trost. Everybody who's been saying Trost, I don't really care, but it is wrong. I've uh, been called Trost my whole entire life. So uh, I've stopped correcting people after about the age of eight. I figured out that nobody gave a shit. So I stopped correcting people. And even when I did correct people, they still called me Trost. So Trost talk, uh, start saying it right, but if you don't, again, I don't care. Um, all right, so uh, I guess little things, uh, if you guys hear some sniffling, uh, maybe blowing my nose once or twice, bad allergies today, and a little story about that, which is fucking annoying, um, sorry for the curse words, mom, but... Um, it is annoying is because I was just too, like literally yesterday I was just thinking, I was like, man, I haven't taken an allergy pill in a while. I've been pretty good. And then today bruiser licked my face once and I have not stopped sneezing and my nose has not stopped running. Um, just sucks. Cause I love dogs, but I'm allergic to them. So <sighs> You know, I, I build up an immunity a little bit to them. Like when I have them, I'll have like, uh, you know, I'm around them enough that I kind of, my body just adjusts to it. But then like, if I spend two days away, come back, three days away, come back, I, I come back, I'm sniffling or even just other stuff too. Like, uh, one second. Um, even just little stuff like, um, like every now and then, I don't even know what I was saying. I, I lost my train of thought, but it, my point is every now and then, like I just have bad attacks, but, um, so that's, that's why it's going to sound like somebody's kind of pinched in my nose all day. Um, what else? Cut my finger in boxing today. I was doing, I was on the double M bag, just throwing some one, two, some combos, working my, my head movement. Um, cut my finger on like the only piece of metal that wasn't taped. I just, I missed on a punch or a ricochet or something. I can't remember. I think probably missed to be honest. I probably just missed <laughs> and I just glanced and sliced my thumb open. Not bad, but the fucker just won't stop bleeding. You know, um, that's really the only part that's just annoying about it. It just won't stop bleeding. Um, what else? We got a good show today. Obviously, right now, kind of find my bread and butter. Um, Going to stick to soccer, NBA, and UFC, baby. Uh, having a really good time. Um, you know, uh, do some reviewing here for you. Uh, we got Monday's games. We're... 
meh. I mean, you know, pretty standard. You had Czech beating. I wanted, like I said, I wanted Scotland to win. I knew they wouldn't. Czech won two nothing. I was shocked by the Poland score. I didn't watch the game. I was actually, um, I was, I think I was boxing or something at the time. And then watched the Spain Sweden game, and that was pretty boring. Uh, well, not boring, but. It's weird because like Spain had a lot of opportunities where they would get into the final third and then they just couldn't find a way into the middle and try and score like they were. That's what they were missing was a good centerpiece. You know, Spain, what they do, a lot of short touches, a lot of short passes. They, they're really great at lobbing it in, volleying it into the middle, but like they just don't have a finisher up front. Uh, and I think that's where they're struggling. And Sweden's like they're good, but they're not. And they were able to hang with them because they're a good team, but they're, you know. I, I imagine like Spain will probably beat will probably beat uh actually I don't even know. Now nah, I mean that's 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 uh group is actually group E is a low key a little good. Uh I imagine Poland won't win now. Um But uh you know it's interesting. Spain it's it's just weird. I'm I was watching them I'm like I'm just curious like where are they going to and they were very they held the ball most of the game, but I'm like I'm curious where they're going to get their scoring from. Uh that's kind of like my big question with Spain. Um <clears throat> and then Tuesday's games Ronaldo See uh my boy uh, first name basis, he and I, um, I call him Chris, but whatever. Uh, he just doing goat things out there. Now I will admit the the second goal Portugal scored wasn't a penalty, but tough titties. They got the penalty. He knocked it through. Uh, his second goal was absolutely a great goal. It was just a great run, great passing. Everything about it was just, it was a beautiful goal. Um, big three points. Um, and three goals it, that helps him with the point differential in case you know things get a little hairy at the end. Um, big win for them, obviously getting them three points. And France won, giving them three points. So them and France, they're actually in the lead of the group uh, with those three goals. But um, you know the France game was interesting too. It started with an own goal, and you know I'm not sure if it was just the heavy pressure and possession from Germany or if. If France was chill with kind of like sitting back a little bit, um, one France's counter was just great, but they were just France is just better at every position. I mean, every position somebody's playing, except for their halfbacks, um, fullbacks. I guess Wait, you guys. I don't know why we're at football probably, but um, you know their fullbacks like. Every player plays on a massive club for the French for the French team. Um, you know, obviously you got their front three, which is just deadly. You have Mbappe, um, Benzema, and Griezmann, and then in the middle you have Conte and Pogba, just world class in the middle. Um, and Adrian Rabio, who's like good. He, he's not like amazing, but he's good. He's a good workhorse. Plays for Juventus, obviously. Um, and then in, uh, Kimbappe and uh, Varon, like two world class. I don't know that. I don't know that it goes as far as calling Kimbappe world class, but Varon is. Um, but for, oh, also their fullback, 
who got KO'd. I don't know how he finished that game. That's all I'm going to say. Like, like he got hit hard in the head, fell, face-planted in the grass. They threw some water on his neck, woke him up, and he was like, yeah, I'm ready to go. Like, I, I UFC fighters stop after stuff that way. They, they end the fight. And he went, goes back in and plays another 20 minutes. Um, not really. I'm not trying to sit here call him tough, but... Uh, it was that was just it was interesting. Um, I I still think France and Portugal uh, is going to be an interesting game. Obviously, rematch of the Euro sixteen final. Um, to me, Fran- France is the favorite to win this. So um, it'll be good. Uh, Portugal, obviously, I think is I think they're a good enough defensive team to kind of deal with France. Um, their back line pretty old, but. We'll see. Um, really sucks not having Jao Cancelo, but got to do what you got to do. Um, what else? What else? And then today's games, we had uh, Finland, Russia. That was an interesting one because um, it makes that group B interesting now. You know, now you got you got Finland, Russia, and Belgium until tomorrow with three points. Belgium wins tomorrow. They obviously clinched the group, but um, you know, it's just it's interesting because it's you know how that that next game now Finland, Belgium is going to be huge because uh, I Denmark's obviously I think going to lose. If Russia beats Denmark, which they should, um, you know, they should get six. I mean, man, you're talking about after an abysmal first game, turning around, winning two, Russia still moving on to the round of 16. Um, In my opinion, this is my humble opinion, uh, Group A is pretty locked up after today. Italy, another big win over Switzerland, or another big win and over Switzerland, 3-0. Italy looks good, man. Uh, you know, I, I know I just said five minutes ago that France is a favorite. Italy should be your dark horse. If Italy's not your dark horse, I don't know where you're looking. Um, they're hot. They're they got great chemistry, as all fucking Italians do. You know, they all fucking love each other. They're like, oh, you're the fucking greatest until you disagree. Then it's real weird. It's one spectrum or the other. Uh, it's like, but if they have a commonality, like look out. Nobody goes harder than Italians for Italians. Um, I guess which sounds a bit obvious, right? But they're, you know, they just, they really love themselves. Like they love themselves in a passionate way where like the French love themselves in an arrogant way. Um, You know, we all know they do. It sounds like I'm being disrespectful, but I'm just being honest. Um, I think Group A is locked up, you know, because Wales got a 2 nothing victory over Turkey today. Um, and with the draw with Switzerland, Switzerland now only has one point. Even if they beat Turkey, they would need to beat Turkey. Italy would uh, have to beat Wales pretty handily. And... Uh, I think because after this, they, they're they're like at a five goal differential. So, what are, and what is what is Wales? Let me check that real quick. 
What's their goals? They're plus two. So, I mean, even if Italy wins again 3 nothing over Wales, you're looking at Switzerland needs to beat Turkey 2 nothing, 3 nothing to secure it. So... interesting but i'm gonna go ahead and assume it's locked up i think italy italy and wales i think italy probably wins but it's probably a one nothing two nothing game um i think it's you're gonna see italy and wales are pretty much in my opinion are there's a five goal differential between wales and switzerland that's i just don't i don't see it i don't see it happening um and then italy wins big obviously today i already said that so tomorrow's game we have uh, Ukraine, North Macedonia, uh, and uh, another Group C, Netherlands, Austria. Um, and then Group B, Belgium, Denmark. I think Belgium obviously wins that. I'll start with this because it's the most obvious game. Belgium's going to beat Denmark. Uh, they lock up that. Um, and then it makes that uh, Russia-Denmark game and Finland-Belgium game a little interesting. Um, just see how that's going to play out for the final position. Uh, Ukraine, North Macedonia, Ukraine, you know, they definitely need a win, you know, after losing to the Netherlands, um, they scored two goals. I I think this is a great game after coming off that, you know, that insane Netherlands game. This is a great game for them. North Matt, they should win. So it's a great game for them to kind of get geared up for their last game against Austria, which is going to be it's going to be a tough one. Um, you know, they could Ukraine could sneak in there. Austria is playing well. Uh, we'll find we'll find out a lot about Austria tomorrow when they play Netherlands. Um, that'll be an interesting one. The Netherlands Austria one. Um, that's the game I'm most intrigued. If I had to pick, I would say Netherlands. I just think. You know, I'm not sure what the reports are on Kevin De Bruyne. I think he's coming back. Uh, let me Google that real quick. Okay, so Kevin De Bruyne is coming back to play at least some of the game for Denmark. Uh, is the reports right now. Um, Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so dumb. Uh, I was, I don't know why I thought he was, he's not on the Netherlands. He's on Belgium. That's irrelevant. Scratch all that. Apologies. Um, moronic of me. I don't even know why I thought that, but we're going to learn. The point is we're going to learn about tomorrow about Netherlands, Austria, um, it's a interesting game. Um, you know, it's just, it's, I'm going to go with Netherlands. I think it's going to win. I'll probably, cause I, I always go for the underdog. I, I like, uh, I like Austria, Belgium. Uh, I think another heavy favorite to win this tournament. I wouldn't call them a dark horse. Um, like I did with Italy. Um, I would definitely just call them a favorite. I would say France is probably number one, and then Belgium, number two. 
more than likely, depending on how they do the bracketing, I would expect Belgium and France end up in the finals, or they're going to like meet in the semis or some shit, and it'll be a great semifinal. Um, but yeah, I would say Belgium is the number two favorite to win that uh, this tournament. Uh, and then we got Friday games, which are kind of interesting. Uh, Slovakia, Sweden. Um, that'll be their third game. Um, no, second game. I apologize. Uh, that'll be their second game. And that'll put, it depends. It just depends. Cause you're going to have Spain and Poland. That's going to be an interesting game. Obviously Spain and Poland aren't until Saturday, but I'll cover that on my next podcast. Uh, it's just, it's an interesting one. Slovakia. I'm just not convinced how good Slovakia is. Um, I think that'll probably come out to a 1-1 draw. Um, and then Croatia, Czech. That's a hu- That's got huge implications, actually, because this is huge for um, Croatia to get back in it. Because if they beat Czech, who has three points already, this could save their, their Euro uh, if they beat them. Because then they only have Scotland left. And that should be a win for them. It could secure them a spot. Um even though Czech, you know, took care of business. And then England, Scotland is just going to be a fun one just because the rivalry, in my opinion, of Scotland and England. Um, how embarrassing if Scotland went into Wembley and beat England. I'll be definitely rooting for it. Don't think it'll happen, but I'll be rooting for it. If it does, it'll be a one nothing. They'll score early, like the 20-something minute, and they'll just park the bus. Um, so I'll be going for that. But all right, my goal, so I think it's going to be 1-1, Sweden and Slovakia. I think Croatia wins 1-0, and then England wins 2-0. Um, Ukraine, North Macedonia, I think Ukraine wins 1-0. Denmark loses 2-0 to Belgium. And uh, Netherlands, Austria, 2-1. Um. All right. Um, anything else about that? No. Okay. So I'm gonna move on to NBA, motherfuckers, Europeans. If you're like wanting to tune out, I get it. Um, Belgium, Germany, actually, uh, Germany, Belgium, England, and now uh, I think the other one was Russia. What's up? Glad you guys are listening. Um, you know, keep tuning in. Message me, whatever you guys want. Maybe you want me to talk about. Um, you know, we can uh, want to spice things up for you Europeans over there too. I appreciate you guys listening. Um, if you guys are tuning out now that I'm going to talk about the NBA, apologize. Uh, do come back in about 20 minutes when I talk about the UFC. I know how you guys are over there in Europe. You guys love your fights which is weird because you guys love soccer, which is kind of like the daintiest of sports, and then you guys fucking love fighting. It's like complete polar opposites. But all right, on to the NBA. So uh, Nets-Bucks game was last night. Weird game because I was trying to talk to my buddy about this. It was just a really weird combination of the game where it was a mixture of KD playing out of his mind, Jeff Green doing very, very well, and then a mixture of the Bucks just being so stupid offensively. Like, 
And it sounds like I'm trying to just undercut the Nets, but it really was like very bad. Like multiple trips down, the Bucks would Giannis would drive, take one drive, and you dish it out to like Pat Connington or uh, Brooke Lopez. One pass, firing a three, and they're missing. And it's like that can't be your offense. Or it's Giannis out there dribbling, entering the paint, bringing it back out settling for a three or entering the paint, bringing it back out, entering back in and then passing. And then it's like, then Drew Holiday would go one-on-one and do a step back and miss a like a 19-20 footer. It was very, very bad offense. And uh, Charles Barkley actually said this after, um, after the game, and I thought it was, uh, he hit it right on the head. He was like, they were up 16 going into halftime. He's like, but you could tell they were going to lose the game. Like, and then Shaq made this point, which is also very true, is if you're up 16 and you're dominating, the game doesn't get that close like it was. Like, if they had absolute control of that game, that game would have been then expanded to 24. but And they would have won by like 24, 25, right? But they didn't. They ended up, because they didn't have great control over the game, they... The uh, Nets were able to cut back in the league, and then they were there, the lead, I mean. And then they were there just hanging around, hanging around, hanging around. And then the Bucks really just started shooting themselves in the foot in the last couple minutes. Like, they were – Giannis was making – first of all, LeBron used to do this. And I, it, I loved it because I hate LeBron. But, like, it would also drive me crazy because I'm like, how are you, like, this talented of a player and you're settling for this when you know nobody can stop you? He would do this. This is what Giannis last night. He had James Harden on him in the post. Two plays earlier, he just backed down Jeff Green and then basically just laid it up right over Jeff Green's head and basically just fathered him. And now, same position, and now he's got Harden, who's a remarkably worse defender than Jeff Green. And he settles for a turnaround fadeaway 17 baseline jumper. Like, baseline turnaround fadeaway 17-footer and misses. And the game, I think they're up one, or they were tied at the time, and they had the the uh, that gets the ball with the ability to. They'd lost the lead, they cut it in, tied it, and then they got a stop, and they were coming down to take the lead, and that's what they settle for. And then Chris Middleton plays later to take a one point lead, very towards the end of the game. This is all within under a minute and a half, and makes a great move. Does a step back. KD thinks he's going to shoot. He drives it right by him, crosses it back to his right, drives right, uh, drives right into the paint, goes up, dumps it off to Giannis for a dunk, for a dunk. Giannis drops the ball, goes between his legs. Nets get the ball. They end up having a foul. They go down, shoot two free throws, take a three-point lead. Game's over from there. So just a lot of things, which, it, which makes it, a game like that does nothing but boost the confidence for the Nets, and it just is demoralizing for the Bucks. So you don't know what you're going to get now for game six. You would think at home, you know, in my my personal opinion, you get in these situations, and the, the, they you get a game five like that where you had no business losing, and you lose, it just, you come out with a sense of urgency next game, but you kind of play a little too emotional, 
So a lot of times you'll see in a game six that'll happen, and they'll play desperate. They'll have a lot of energy, but then by like the third quarter, fourth quarter, it starts to slowly turn again back in favor of the other team. You start getting memories of how you guys lost it last game, and then you're just stuck in a rut offensively. You know, it, it just – you end up spiraling, and it just I, – I think now the Nets are going to win. I I think that was, game was just really, really telling for the Bucs. Um, they just don't have an half-court offense. If you slow them down, they don't have a half-court offense. Um, I don't think Giannis played terrible. I, I, I know it sounds like I'm giving him shit um, earlier, but, like, he actually didn't play – he played a lot more in the paint again, which is what he needs to do. Like, he just needs to do that. Um I don't mind him shooting. I think he needs to do that too. You need to keep the defense honest. But like, if he's not shooting like a de- like a mid range or a three, like he needs to be in the paint bullying these people. He can. They're, it's a soft league. He can get in there. I uh, you know I have a a, uh, uh, a thought experiment where I think sometimes answers in new sports are uh, countered perfectly by old school tactics, um, like. A great example I like to talk about is the Patriots when they won. I think it was Brady's last Super Bowl that they won. They just went to smash mouth football. You know, all these high octane, fast paced, throwing 50 times in a game offenses that were going, i.e. the Rams, and how they just slowed these teams down as they just did. We're going to go three fucking yards of play. We don't care. Three, four yards of play. And we're just going to go forward. And we're just going to do power football. And we're going to run it down your fucking throat. And you're not going to be able to stop it. And that's that you know I think that's kind of like you know the league now is they don't have post players. So I think in theory if you had like a really dominant post player who you could just feed it into and you could shoot at a high level percentage in the post and then yeah he still needs to develop a shot but like he could just be a dominant post player too. Um on to uh so the big series tonight um we have Sixers game 5 Sixers Hawks you know, what are we going to see there? Um, we have Joel Embiid, who clearly in the second half did not look the same. When he went back in the locker room for his knee, uh, you know, you can say it was something else, but we all know it was his knee. Um, he just didn't look the same, and his second half stats proved it. You know, I think he went, what, 0 for like 15 in the second half? Um, you know, it, you know, like I said in the earlier podcast, this is all I'm saying. Hawks and six, baby! Woo! Um, told y'all, y'all motherfuckers doubted me. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, you know, like I said, though, it came down to Joel Embiid staying healthy. Can he stay healthy? Because without him, I mean, that team sunk. I I think Tobias Harris, I want to do this shout out to him, even though it's going to be a lot of like where I think the Sixers are just going to have downfalls, this kind of conversation. Um, you know, I do want to do shout out. Harris has been playing his role phenomenally, and he's been playing very, very well. He's been a great number two. Um, you know, I think personally he's a phenomenal number three. He's a great number two. Um, he, he's he been playing really well, so shout out to him doing his thing. You know, they could, I think, because the Hawks aren't, like, amazing. They could lean on him to win this series for them, given Embiid's uh, status. I said status for my uh, European listeners there, folks. Because here in America, we say status. But I fuck with y'all sometimes. So uh, The status of uh, Joel Embiid's knee is huge. What's it going to be like tonight? Um, you know, hopefully he was getting... 
he was getting pretty good uh, therapy. And, uh, you know, if he's just, if he doesn't look good, they, do you have a chance with Harris playing the way he's playing? You have a chance if you kind of just start running the offense through him, maybe using uh, Embiid as a post up decoy, you have a chance to win this series. I don't think they're going to stand a chance against the Nets in the Eastern Conference Finals with Embiid being hurt. Uh, but they could win the series. And, you know, maybe if they keep rehabbing Embiid really well, maybe he's a little more healthy for that series and it changes things, but I doubt it. Um, the other one, big one tonight, big news as well. We have Clippers Jazz Game 5, pivotal game in Utah. Um, Kawhi Leonard out. Um, huge. I When he went out in that game, you know, I had obviously big worry, you know, being a big Kawhi fan, I immediately thought it was an ACL. When you know when when you get little tweaks like that, and your body's just not ready, you see it all the time, and it's and it's not like massively physical thing that does it, and those are the worst. You know, I, there's an example I love doing where they were talking about was there was a football player who went to Fresno State, and he was coming off the edge, and he literally just plants his foot, plants his foot to like hold the edge. That's it, and he plants his foot, and his knee just bends inward ever so slightly. Goes to the ground, ACL injury, blown ACL. He's out for the season, and it's like it doesn't look like it doesn't look like the you know most people when they think ACLs they think like the Willis McGahee one where his knees just fucking his knees just bent inwards, going backwards to the side. It just looks gnarly, but you get those non-contact ones, and those ones are the worst because it's those are the ones where you're just like oh, your knee was just like was hanging on sort of thing. I'm probably bro sciencing that, but. Uh, you get the picture. So I'm a little worried. Uh, it's still less, looks like it's up in the air, whether between it's a sprained ACL or a torn ACL. Um, but he's not playing tonight. If he has a sprain, now if he has a sprained ACL, that's actually huge. Uh, you can deal with those. You can heal those. Doesn't mean anything. It just mean, means nothing's torn, um, which is fine. It might just be painful to play on, but he could play. Like if he... I don't think without him that they win this series, but say they win this series without him, he could be back for the Western Conference Finals and be fine. Um, you know, if you give him like a week, week and a half of true rehabbing on that, he could be fine and healed. Um, but, you know, so maybe he's probably done for the season, I would say. Um, and then you have the other big news. Um uh, Oh, I, I, I want to. I'll continue talking about the Clippers. So you know, obviously, with him being out, that changes the whole dynamics. I would like to say, look, nobody believes that you're going to win this series now, so it should take all this pressure off of Paul George. But I think Paul George is going to find some way to make it seem where all the pressure is now on him, and that'll be the narrative too. Like everybody, Paul George just isn't this type of player, but people think he is, and people think they're like, all right, now all the pressure's on Paul George. That's what they're going. That's going to be the narrative. I guarantee you that's what's going to be talked about. You know, this is your time, Paul George. You want to prove you're the guy, like this is it, blah, 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 blah. I think keys are going to be Jackson and uh, Marquise Morris. If they can both get you a 20-piece, which is possible, very, very possible, that'll help Paul George. Paul George needs to skip 30 tonight. Like he needs, Paul George needs to score 30 tonight for them to have a chance to win. Um, I, that, the problem is, is where are they going to get other scoring from? Like, you got Jackson and Morris, but who's going to be their third scorer? You're going to need somebody else to get, you know, in that 10 to 15 range, somebody else to get 10. Like, Nicholas Platoon probably gets you 10. Um, Zubach isn't going to get you 14. No way. He'll, 
he'll get you maybe eight, six. Um, yeah, somebody's going to have to step up. Who's it going to be? I don't know. Um, and then another weird news too today, uh, Chris Paul, who's vaccinated, got COVID, tested positive. You know, he's going to be fine, but, um, is he going to be back in time for the series? Now, the good thing is this series is, is going minimum six games. Um, so with possibility of going seven, say it goes seven, that gives him a week and a half pretty much. Like he'll, he, he should be, I think the protocol is 10 to 14 days. So he may miss one to two games of the sun series. Uh, if they're playing, well, now, because Kawhi's out, if they're playing either team, they'll be fine for the first two games. Chris Paul, you'll see a huge gap in what, how much Chris Paul matters, but they'll be all right. Um, it'll probably be the Suns-Nets now in the final, uh, so just get ready for that. Um, but it's going to be a good good series. Tonight, two big games. I'm really excited about them. Uh, I think a lot of questions are going to be answered tonight, and they're obviously they're game fives, which are just so pivotal. So be ready, be excited. It's going to be a good one. Um, on to the next one. UFC, baby! Now, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know every fucking fight that's going on. I'm only going to talk about three fights, and three fights only, because they're they're the three, I would say, biggest fights on the card. You know, it's a UFC fight night. And generally speaking, for those of you who don't know, maybe... Most of you listening, I imagine you probably have a good sense on what the fighting world's like. But on fight nights, it's different. You generally, uh, you're generally going to get only like two, maybe, maybe three ranked fights. More than likely two, and it'll be the main event and the one right before the main event. Um, so it, like in these prelims and the pr- early prelims and the prelims, like you're going to get these people who you don't really know fighting and they're fighting. Um, and then you're going to get like where, where in like pay-per-views you're going to get in prelims, you're going to get a couple ranked fights in the prelims. Um, so it's just always a great, great time. Uh, Obviously, I don't know why I said that. I'm sorry, those was stupid guys. So first fight I'm going to talk about is uh, the one that is two fights before uh, the main event. And that's the bantamweight bout between Marlon Vera, Chito Vera, and Davy Grant. Now, Davy, it's weird because this one kind of feels like they're almost making uh, the Chito Vera like the, all right, because he's ranked 15th, this guy Davy Grant, I think he's 15 and 4. Um and they're going to fight and it almost feels like they're doing like this is like uh all right, you want to get ranked, you got to beat this old ball, this old guard kind of guy. He's a, you know, journeyman, he's a great, he's like a proving stone of who you are as a prospect. Um you know, because Marlon Vera just lost his last fight to Aldo pretty handedly. Like, Aldo beat him, in my opinion, all three rounds. Um, and Davy Grant and Chito Vera fought before years ago. Years ago. But he won. Um, I just want to make sure I even read that right last night when I was reading about it. Um, doesn't have a Wikipedia, which sucks for him, but on Shred Dog. Um, yeah. He lost to him. Um, 
unanimous decision in 2016 on uh, UFC Fight Night, Silva and Bisbing. Um, back back when Bisbing was fighting, so he lost. So it's obviously been a long time since then. Um, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting. Uh, he's 13 and four, by the way, David Grant. Um, it, it smells like a setup fight for uh, Chito Vera to lose as like a kind of like a proving ground for this other guy. Um, but. You know, I'll, I'll root for Chito Vera. I like him. He he seems like cool. Uh, I I don't. He's not gonna win though. And then you have Olinsky, uh, Olenek, um, the boa constrictor versus Spivak. Again, same thing. This is an old guy, young prospect trying to fight his way into the rankings. If he beats Olenek, he's gonna become ranked. Uh, he's going to. Spivak is. I'm gonna pull up his last couple fights. It's funny. You have the polar bear versus the boa constrictor. Um, so his last fight ended in a TKO of, uh, Vanderera, and then he beat Felipe in a decision, uh, unanimous. Uh, his last one was he lost to Tibera. Tibera, obviously we, we've seen what he's done recently, but he's a good fight. Like Felipe, I know him. I'm familiar with Felipe. He beat Felipe. Felipe will get in there and bang it out. He beat him. Uh, and then he KOs uh, Vanderera. It'll be a good fight. I I don't know how great he is on the ground, and you know that's what Olenek's going to do. Uh, if he beats him, Olenek's a dog on the ground. Um, you know, he's been knocked out now in his last two fights, Olenek. So I, I'm not sure his chin's there anymore. And one of them was to Derek Lewis, which just shatters people's chins. Um but, uh, yeah, and then we got the main event, Korean Zombie, Dan Ying. You know, Korean Zombie's a little flat-footed for me. He doesn't really move a lot, so he takes a lot of damage, but he can fucking throw hands. So how durable is he going to be to Dan Ying? It's going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be a great fight. Odds are even. I'm going to go. I, wanna see. I just want to make sure before I make this statement. Before I make this statement, I want to make I, I know like I know uh Korean Zombie's not old. He's only 34, but Dan Ng, I think is like I think he's like 28 or something. Let me look. I thought it would show the age in the fight tale. Um he is not showing me his age. God damn it. Now I got to Google this. I hate that. He's 29. So, yeah, I, he's younger. He's got heavy hands. I, you know, he they say he calls himself 50K. Danny, he only has, like, four knockouts. So, I guess. But it'll be it'll be an interesting fight. It'll be a fun fight. You know it's going to be a brawl. Uh, I suspect a fight of the night candidate. Um. I would go ahead and put my money on Danny Ng because he's younger, he's up and coming, he's got heavy hands. Uh, Korean Zombie can get hit, so it'll be a bloodbath though. Like it, it's not to say that like the odds are even; they're both at minus one ten, I think today, which is fair. Uh, like 
don't be shocked by any means if Korean Zombie wins this. But I, I'm, I would put my money on Danning. Uh, I will be personally rooting for Korean Zombie, but Danning's probably going to win this fight. Um, anything else? Anything else? What's today? Today is Wednesday. Fuck. Um, all right, so tomorrow I got comedy. Um, be releasing this episode. Just... Uh, yeah, uh, tomorrow will be a good day. Um, hope everybody has having a blessed one. I hope you guys, um, you know, kind of, you know, it sounds so cheesy, but I hope you guys do go after what you guys are chasing or whatever you're believing in, uh, no matter how scary it is. Uh, as somebody who's trying out comedy recently, I understand what it's like to kind of have that fear to to go after something. Uh, taking that first leap makes it always better. Um Every time it gets easier and easier for me to get up on stage now, it's the same thing if you attack, whatever it is that you believe in. Um, or just even if you want to go do something fun, go try something new and different, get out of your comfort zone. Uh, get out of your comfort zone just a little bit every every day, I would suggest to people. Um, other than that, hope you guys all have a blessed day. Uh, please subscribe to the show. Oh, fuck, I forgot all to do this. <laughs> Uh, subscribe to the show at Trost Talk. You can find that is my Instagram, um, T R O S T, and then you know how to spell talk. Obviously, I would imagine you're over the age of eight. Um, and then uh, subscribe to the show on, please on all three SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Um, shirt merch. I'm gonna be making the Three Minute King merch soon. Um, buy the merch on my Instagram. I have my hyperlink, my boy Pablo 2020, uh, made me a better link that just made everything accessible from one link, everything all in one. You need it. You want it? Boom. There. If you want to buy a shirt and then go listen to my podcast and you're like, you know, I don't want to open up more than one app. That link will do it for you. Um, what else? What else? Hyperextended my elbow today in boxing, so that's not fun. Uh, I'd be a little stiff, but there's something else I wanted to say. I don't know, but I'm getting off here. Uh, Y'all have a good one, and I hope you guys all have a beautiful, blessed day and are... I'm wasting time because I'm exiting out of all my apps. Love you guys. Y'all have a good one.